0: into every generation a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat. To stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Jeffrey Cigarette. Jeff, how are you? Hello, AJ. It has been quite... Quite a long time since I've seen you, sir. And, you know, we've triviaed together live in yep. person and at events both big and small. And now we're not allowed to do that anymore.
1: <laughs> well, they are opening New Jersey restaurants to 25 percent capacity. That, that's kind of inching our way back.
0: Step by step, heart to heart. We're, we're Martika-ing our way back. <laughs> <It's relevance here. laughs> uh, what have you been up to, sir?
1: Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, time at home, I'll say playing a lot of uh you know i i thought that my trivia playing would be impacted by covid by not being able to go out as much and i found that there's it's opened itself to a lot of really great opportunities online you know from different companies across the country you know you've got o'brien's on the west coast you've got brain bash in the and trivia workshop and the the Midwest and it's been pretty cool to be exposed to a lot of high quality trivia across the country that you can, you know, pretty much play back to back on any given night.
0: Keeps you sharp, it keeps you uh honed, your instincts are are heightened and hopefully, uh now that you're back in the hot seat (laughs) (laughs) all that all that hard work will have paid off. Jeff, uh you may not know this, but this is a very special season of beat my Guest, not your run-of-the-mill old hat nay nay something new for 2020 it's tournament time that's right we didn't have any march madness but we're gonna end 2020 with our first annual beat my guest tournament 16 brave competitors will each take their individual turn in the hot seat and the top six scores will be invited back for the semifinal round are you prepared to take on such a battle sir
1: i'm I'm as ready as i'll ever be
0: (laughs) well good luck sir the the good news is no matter what your score is here today you will still be alive to to compete uh in the semifinals because you are the sixth person to be in the hot seat and therefore you still will be of the the top six scores no matter what you get (laughs) (laughs) Uh, from here on out however i make no promises (laughs) (laughs) all right jeffrey here is how we start off each and every game in our tournament It's a brand new category. We are calling this, that, or the other. Here is how it works. I am going to give you three categories. And then I'm going to read off for you a list of ten items. For each item that you can correctly place in the proper category, you will receive one point. Really simple, right? Easy peasy. Okay. However, be careful. Some items may in fact fit multiple categories. And you will only get your point if you correctly state all the categories in which that item fits. Two things, however, I will make a solemn oath to you here before we get started. Well, three. I solemnly swear I'm up to no good. That's number one. Uh, <laughs> each item does fit in at least one category. There's no shenanigans on that front. there. I'm not going to give you a word there that is a trick. Every word, every item I give you will fit into one of the three categories. And for you game theorists out there, throw that away! These ten items are being pulled at random from a larger list of items so if you're going to be sitting there going well these last four were from this category they can't be no no none of that stuff it is completely random don't gnash at me it's not going to work okay (laughs) with all that in mind uh jeffrey your category for today we have this presidential campaigners from 1880 1880 presidential campaigners we have that cartoon cats and we have the other characters from the television show glee 1880 presidential campaigners cartoon cats glee characters those are your three categories here sir i will now read off the items for you to see how many points out of 10 you can get with the following caveat this is an auditory round only as such, all homonyms, homophones, fair game in terms of figuring out what word I'm talking about, and I will not be spelling anything as a result. So you okay. just gotta hear it and then place it. Here is item number one. Item number one is beast. I believe beast is a character on Glee. I think it's the uh, the um
1: like the uh, a female coach in in that show.
0: Character from Glee is correct. Beast from Beauty and the Beast or Beast from the the, the X Men don't really count as cartoon cats. So uh, if you thought that, you were wrong. Beast is correct for a Glee character one point view. Item number two, Grant. My first instinct was to look at presidential
1: campaigners of 1880, but I feel like Grant was elected in 68 and 72. So that wouldn't quite work unless he pursued a, a re-election. I don't know of any cats named Grant. I mean, certainly could be. And as far as characters on, on Glee, I know there was a character the Warblers that was played by Grant Gustin. But, I mean, that's not a character. That's the actor name. Because I can't really think of good answers or Good examples for the last two categories. I'm going to say presidential campaigners for 1880.
0: Presidential campaigners from 1880 is correct. That would be Ulysses S. Grant. Correct there. Two for two. Moving on to item number three, Sylvester. So there's
1: Sylvester the cat. That's a cartoon cat. But then there's also Sue Sylvester on Glee. So uh, that name can certainly fit those two categories. I will say the latter two categories.
0: Uh, the latter two categories is correct. So Sylvester Ungly, Sylvester the Cat. Well done, three for three. Item number four, sir, is Randall.
1: Randall. Okay, Randall.
0: Um, could that be a Glee
1: character, Randall? Is there a Randall the Cat? Is there a presidential campaigner? This one, I'm not really quite sure on. Um, I will. I'm wondering if Randall could be a last name of one of the Glee characters. Like, maybe Kevin? Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to say Glee character.
0: Glee character is not correct. That was a presidential campaigner of 1880. Cannot give you the point there. Item number five. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Item number five, Puck. So I know Puck is definitely
1: a Glee character. Um, unfortunately, portrayed by Mark Sailing, is there a cat named Puck? Maybe. Not not one I can immediately think of. Um, Puck. Um, I'm going to say Glee character for that one.
0: Glee character is correct. Well done. Four out of five in the first five. We got five more to go on the back end here. Number six. Your item is Felix.
1: So there's definitely Felix the Cat. Um, That's certainly an iconic one. I don't know of a Felix on Glee, not that I can recall, although I, I didn't really watch the later seasons. And I guess the question is, was there a presidential campaigner named Felix, which is certainly possible. Um, I won't draw this out. I'm just I'm going to say Cartoon Cat.
0: Cartoon Cat is correct. Well done. Item number seven, Garfield. So I think so. Garfield
1: is definitely a cat. <laughs> But I also believe that 1880 was also when um, James Garfield might have also been around him. In fact, he might have been he might have won that presidential um, election. So I'm going to say presidential campaigner and cartoon cat
0: presidential campaigner and cartoon cat is correct although I think Andrew Garfield actually did appear on Glee at one point but that's neither here nor there because he wasn't a <laughs> character again that was the actor Are you correct on that presidential and cat item number eight is Princess Caroline yeah Princess
1: Caroline um, hmm. I don't believe it's a character on Glee I mean if it was maybe it could have been a pet on the show i think princess caroline might have been on bojack horseman as a cat character and um i definitely wouldn't say that that was a presidential campaigner so i'm gonna guess cartoon cat for this one
0: cartoon cat bojack horseman is correct there yeah i think we would have probably uh heard of a presidential candidate in the 1800s if the name was princess (laughs) carolyn uh definitely there item number nine sherman
1: so i believe sherman was a presidential campaigner in 1880 that's a name that i've heard i don't i don't remember which sherman but i it's a surname that i think fits as far um, is it a cartoon cat or a character on glee maybe um sherman well, I know the Shermanator was not a character on Glee. <laughs> um, since I'm not sure on the latter two, I'm going to say Presidential Campaigner.
0: Presidential Campaigner is correct. And your final item is Blaine.
1: So I think, so I'm, I'm sure that Blaine was a character on Glee, played by Darren Criss, um, the love interest of, uh, of uh, Kurt. It might also be the name of a presidential campaigner. That is completely feasible. I'm not sure if it was that election, but I I do recall a Blaine in the annals of um, U.S. history. So I'm going to take a chance and guess presidential campaigner and character on Glee
0: presidential campaigner and character on Glee is correct sir well done well played you got nine points out of the this that and the other uh well done well done how you feeling that uh, you got a little warmth in the hot seat there before it gets a little bit hotter there
1: I, I enjoyed that that was pretty cool
0: it's a fun little puzzle to to write and it's a fun little game to play i think well your mileage may vary (laughs) but (laughs) nine out of ten it's a good start as we head into the main body of questions for the game here uh which i'm currently calling the main body of questions for the game here because i haven't come up with anything better but you know if you'd like to throw out a suggestion you can certainly do so at BMGPod on twitter i'm open for suggestions here before we get on to those questions though sir I'd like to get to know you a little bit better. I'd like to get to know what's on your mind. I'm always giving information and telling you things, but I want to hear something from you. So as I've asked you to prepare a fact, it is time. Jeff, what do you know? Yeah, so, uh, AJ, you know that I,
1: I carry a notebook around with me, and the purpose of that notebook is to jot down interesting facts that I come across throughout my day whether from trivia or outside of trivia, I was fascinated to learn that Bradley Cooper has had the most Oscar nominations in the past decade. People know him very well as an actor. His roles in Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, American Sniper, The Star is Born, but he's also earned nominations as a producer, um, most recently for Joker, which probably not a lot of people may know. And... He also had some, I think he also was involved in the screenplay for A Star is Born. So um, I, I think that's a pretty cool fact.
0: There you go. That is a very, very cool fact. It shows a lot of deep knowledge in the Academy Awards. Certainly not any shallow knowledge. Ooh, yeah. uh, sorry about that. Anyway, we are moving on to the main body of questions here. Five questions are before you now. First question could be worth one point. Second question could be worth two points. Now the third question's gonna be a little bit that'll be worth up to three points. Now can you can you figure this out here? The fourth question will be worth four points. Yes, yes, very good. And the fifth question? Five points. Oh, excellent. Well done. No points for getting that one right. But <laughs> yeah, it's very simple. Um, maybe we call this the count up. I don't know. We'll figure it out somewhere, maybe. By the time the 2024 tournament comes around, we'll have a name for this. Here is your one-point question. Yes, you were talking about Bradley Cooper. Yes, I made a really lame joke about shallow. Which of the five Great Lakes is indeed the shallowest with an average depth of only 62 feet?
1: Interesting question. You know, it's funny because when I try to learn the Great Lakes, I try to memorize the uh, surface area, the volume of water, but not necessarily the depth. Although maybe I can use my knowledge of volume to infer the depth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let me let me see here. So,
0: well, the good news is, is that you have a one in five shot. Yeah. If you're, if you're guessing. <laughs> so i
1: think uh i think by sur- let's see surface area or volume so I, I think by surface area it's superior huron michigan erie and ontario but i think by volume it's superior michigan huron ontario erie which which would mean that erie would be the least volume of water so i'm going and you know the Obviously, you, you have to consider, for me, it's, it looks like it's between Erie and Ontario, unless uh, you know there's some other math <laughs> at work that I'm missing here. I'm, I'm going to guess Erie.
0: Your guess is Erie. Well, you are absolutely right that Lake Ontario is the uh, smallest of the Great Lakes if we're talking surface area. But we are not talking surface area. We are talking shallowness and takes us to Lake Erie. One point for you. Well done, sir. Nicely reasoned. Uh, I will not uh, ask you if you used Common Core. (laughs) (laughs) You have ten points. We're going to move on to our two-point question. Uh, Here is your two-point question. What is the name of the 1989 movie that featured Fred Savage and his... Nightmare Friend played by Howie Mandel.
1: Yeah, this is a uh, so I'm not really as strong with my 80s movies. I feel like this is a uh, like a poster or a cover that I've seen before. Um, you know, Howie Mandel in like, you know, all the makeup, like I think it's like purplish, might even have horns. I'm trying to remember the name of that film. I think it's like Little Monsters, I think. Uh, I mean, I could I could be totally confusing it with something else. Um, I Little Monster, Little Monster. I don't even know if it's plural or not. I mean, maybe not because it's just him or I don't know. So this is my only angle in. This is just the recall of the the movie poster and thinking that it might have said Little Monster. Uh, so that'll be my guess, Okay.
0: So to clarify here, you were going with Little Monsters singular or Little Monsters plural because you did say both.
1: I did say both. I, I feel like my gut was plural, so I'm going to um, stick to my gut and say Little Monsters plural.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, you were talking about your Bradley Cooper and everything, and you are talking about his uh, Star is Born, and of course we all know his co-star in Star is Born was Lady Gaga, and of course you know what she calls her fans, right? little monsters little monsters is correct sir it is the name of the movie is the name for fans little monsters for two points well done you are two for two in this round you have 12 points and it is now time for our three point question sir a very special question it's once again time for fungo three of a kind fungo three of a kind
1: i find these very hard <laughs>
0: Well, we're doing it a little bit differently for the tournament style. Uh, there are going to be, as always, three disparate clues, each pointing to the same singular answer. However, uh, you are going to get these clues one at a time. If you can figure out the answer on the first clue alone, you will get three points. Okay. If you guess incorrectly, you require a second clue two points and if you need all three clues to get this answer that'll only be worth one point to you of course if you don't get the answer at all that's a, a big goose egg uh because there's no charity here in the hot seat but you knew that coming in and by the by the looks of your score thus far you need no charity so now uh generally for this i have a clue that i feel is easier than the other two and i have one clue that is kind of average and i have one clue that is more difficult than the other two in my humble opinion but i don't want to be the one to decide what clues you get i'll let you decide a b or c which clue would you like first let's go with b b your clue for three points famous farm event
1: um based on that i was going to guess um woodstock
0: Woodstock is your guess. The other clues were yellow sidekick and early 20th century typewriter, but you need them not for Woodstock is the famous farm event we are talking about. Well done, sir. You've gotten a fungo.
1: I'm glad I got it when I was actually on the show.
0: (laughs) Uh, You were scared, weren't you? (laughs) We're going to move on now. This is going to be our 4.0. Question, and here it is, sir. A phrase that originated in John Milton's 1634 poem, Comus, finishes the following line Was I deceived, or did a sable cloud turn forth her what? Was I
1: deceived, or did a sable cloud turn forth from what?
0: Turn forth her what, yes. What fairly common phrase fits in that blank?
1: When you say phrase, are you implying it's more than one word? Or... Uh, that,
0: that usually is what we mean by phrase, yes.
1: Um. You said sable cloud? Did, did I hear that right?
0: Sable cloud, yes.
1: I don't know this. I'm thinking of a cloud that seems serene, but in reality may not be. I'm looking for a phrase that might kind of convey thundered (laughs) not to be very (laughs) not not, not to do some wordplay there but uh if it was one word i was going to say like fury something like that but it's not one word it's a phrase maybe uh for some reason i'm thinking of grapes of wrath but it doesn't really make sense in that context but the conveyance is there um hmm, what else i got nothing else I'm just gonna. I'll say "Grapes of Wrath." I, I don't even know if that's the origin, but that's what I've got.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. And I'm sure everybody at home is just happy that you have finally missed one because you were doing so well. Uh, no, unfortunately, that is not the correct answer. Uh, this is a phrase. Was I deceived, or did a sable cloud turn forth her what? Kind of insinuates that. Perhaps within the midst of this deception, there was something positive that was going to come out of it. It would be a silver lining.
1: Ah, that's really cool. As in silver linings playbook?
0: (laughs) Perhaps. 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 We are going to move on to our five point question, sir. Uh, How are you on the sports?
1: I'm okay. (laughs) I'm...
0: Well then, I'm happy that this is a five pointer for you, sir. You mentioned, uh, of course, you know, you talk silver linings. The next thing you got to talk about is going to be a playbook. What is the name of the basketball player who, as a rookie, lost his playbook only to have it handed over to radio personality Don Imus, who uh, read from it and uh, taunted him? over the air uh, before he would give it back uh, for a charitable donation
1: so a basketball player rookie who lost his playbook handed off to Don Imus so this could be like be like a 90s player maybe a 2000s certainly while Imus was alive
0: um, it would make it harder for him to have the conversation uh, <laughs> posthumously uh-huh. yes <laughs>
1: a rookie that would lose his playbook I don't know this, but I, I think it would be very funny if the person that is uh, wondering about practice <laughs> had experienced this event, being careless about his playbook. i just going to say Allen Iverson.
0: Alan Iverson. <laughs> Alan Iverson. <laughs> while while, while Allen Iverson is... The answer has <laughs> his nickname. He is not the answer uh, to this question. <laughs> uh, so technically, you could argue with me that. Well, never since the answer. No, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, can no, I not give you the points here? This, again, was just one of these delightful uh, slice of, of, of life moments in time. Uh, this poor, poor... Graduate from Saint John's University, was coming back home to play the Knicks. Uh, he was a rookie. He was excited uh, to come back in town, uh, playing with the Indiana Pacers, and he uh, was just kind of... Uh, Oops, <laughs> I left. I left my uh, playbook at the airport. Uh, a listener to the to the show found it and handed it in, and the hilarity did ensue. Uh, this would be. Malik Seeley. Oh, wow. Obscure, perhaps, but it was a five-point question, so, you know.
1: I've heard of before. I I know that he's a basketball player.
0: (laughs) Well, 15 points. We had a little bit of a lull there towards the end, but 15 points is a very good score. As we head to our final twist, our final question of the day, sir. Here's how it works. This final question is called... The guillotine! We got the
1: guillotine! We got the guillotine! You better
0: run! We got the guillotine! We got the guillotine! You better run! The guillotine, sir. Are you scurred? I I am. (laughs) Here is how the guillotine question works. Only one question is before you. Only one answer is required. Sir, if you get it right, you will double your score. So you will go right from 15 to 30 as if you were playing tennis. Uh, (laughs) Uh. if you get it wrong no need to worry your score will stay exactly the same no harm no foul however that wouldn't be much of a twist if that's all there was to it if you give an answer that I deem to not be a valid answer to the question uh, i.e. no sandbagging or if you give me the wrong answer that I have pre-selected as the guillotine answer then it's off with your head, and your score will get chopped in half. Okay. Do you understand? Oh, uh, man. <laughs> I, I, I do. <laughs> the situation, it is quite grave. Yes, sir. Here is your question. What school has won the most NCAA Division I volleyball championships, men's and women's team combined? What NCAA Division I school has won the most volleyball championships, if we're counting championships by both the men's and women's teams? Think about it. Think carefully. Your head is in that little hole. The blade is being raised. When you are ready, give me your answer.
1: Okay. Okay i can talk it out though <laughs>
0: of course you could talk it out and should for this is an audio medium
1: <laughs> fortunately i don't watch the volleyball championships <laughs> it's not appointment viewing for me so to speak um <laughs> i i feel like schools that are maybe on the west coast and like in maybe good climate t- tend to have better volleyball teams even though it's certainly an indoor sport uh Some of the guesses I'm thinking of is, I know Stanford and UCLA are probably schools that have lots of championships in general, so volleyball could be included in those numbers. Uh, I mean, I I feel like schools like Michigan is good in every sport, so why not? Um, What else? Maybe a Texas school could be pretty good in volleyball, so... New Texas. And I'll probably also think about Florida and Florida State. I feel like my best bet is to go with schools that have that win lots of championships in general. And I know Stanford and UCLA are towards the top of that list. Um, and I mean,
0: you, you only have to narrow it down from 357 schools. So. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like my best guess here... We're talking about volleyball, I'm
0: going to go UCLA. UCLA is your answer. Well, you are certainly correct that uh, a lot of the powerhouses do come from the West Coast. Certainly, uh, I, I think it's more of a West Coast sport in general. It just uh, kind of, you know, it's, an, uh, it's certainly warm, warm weather. They play it outdoors, so you can play it all year long. Not, you can't play—not um, that you can't play it in a gymnasium, but uh, you know. Uh, not too much volleyball going on necessarily in, like, you know, Maine. Sports schools, I mean, absolutely. The number three uh, school in our list with nine total championships over both genders was also our guillotine answer. And I will show that to you now. Hey. Okay. That would have been Penn State if you had gone with the Nittany Lions. You you, you danced around Michigan briefly, but you you got yeah. out of the Big Ten, which, which is fine. Uh, that would have been your guillotine, so you have survived the guillotine. Uh, in second place with 11 championships, we have the Stanford Cardinal. You were thinking about going with Stanford. Had you done with Stanford, you would have got no points. With 23 volleyball championships, the... Powerhouse beyond all other powerhouses. That would be, of course, not coached by John Wooden, but still uh, the UCLA Bruins. Well done, UCLA is the correct answer. Sir, you have doubled your score to thirty points, which currently places you as the number one overall competitor with six contestants down. It will take six out of our final ten contestants to beat your score for you not to make the semi-finals. Is it possible? Sure, but I don't know if I would place those wagers. Um, Looks like you may have survived, but hey, hey, there are no guarantees uh, except that I guarantee that I have had a good time. Have you had a good time, sir? It
1: was fantastic. I I, I like this format. It's pretty creative, and um, yeah, hopefully I get to play some more.
0: Well, we shall see hopefully we will have you back one way shape or form and you still have your head so certainly uh, that'll help make it a lot easier to come back if you do come back uh if you would like to comment on anything you've heard here today at BMG Pod on twitter you can also join our facebook group beat my guest the fans hot seat and if you'd like to support the cause we ain't going to say no to that patreon.com slash beat my guest with all that said jeff you may now leave the hot seat thank you aj <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with another contestant in our tournament. Until then, take care and bye-bye. Did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This is Absolutely not Been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.